Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. He's ready to talk about Jesus. Yeah? I had this picture this morning. This might be you. But I saw somebody looking in the mirror doing their hair. Anyone do that today? thought there'd be a couple. It was a deep revelation. <laughs> Some of you need to look in the mirror when you do hair. <laughs> but here's the thing. I saw this. Some of you looked in the mirror, and as you were combing your hair, as you were doing your hair, I saw a, a, a feeling of despair just in your heart. You looked in the mirror, and you went, what am I even doing? <laughs> Glad you did that. <laughs> But you were discouraged. You kind of had this moment where you're like, what am I even doing? What's my life about? And this message is it's for you today. I want you to hear it. And today I'm going to be talking about people and purpose. Who knows that every single person on planet Earth, I believe this, will you believe it with me, but you've been created for a reason. You're not a number. <laughs> I, yeah. Anybody? You've got to believe that. You're going to believe it by the end of today. But this is one of the things that I feel most passionate about. You know, I say it many times, but uh, suicide's becoming the fastest killer in the world. So we're still trying to cure cancer and all kinds of other disease, but people are... Disease isn't killing people. People are killing people. In fact, they're not even killing other people as much. They're killing themselves because they get into a dark place... And here's the thing, when somebody loses a sense of, of purpose and meaning, then you start questioning why you're even breathing anymore. And that's not okay. It's not okay for our Heavenly Father that loves you and has created you for a reason. So one of my favorite subjects to talk about is purpose. And our, our church is about three things, isn't it? To connect people to God. We believe everyone can have a relationship with their Creator, their Savior, we desire that every person would have a friend, people in life, that would encourage them, would be an encouragement and a blessing to them. But I, I, I deeply desire that everyone would walk with a sense of purpose. And uh, Eric and I got this um, before we were pastors. Uh, we, I've always wanted to be a pastor. That's all I've ever wanted. That's that, a spy, and what's the other thing? No, I think it was just a spy and a pastor, which I thought, the pastor's a good cover for a spy, I thought, so. <laughs> yeah, I might be, I might be. You wouldn't know, because I'm that good at it. But I do travel a bit, so who knows. I was in Melbourne preaching, was I? Or was I taking bad guys out? I don't know. And then I was preaching to them. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, for, for as long, <laughs> I was laying hands on them, I was. Uh, but as long as I remember, that's, that's all I ever wanted to be. But there was a moment in my life where I actually really questioned about the direction of my life. We were pushing towards wanting to become pastors, but then it all just stopped in a moment and everything went poo. I mean, our, uh, we were building a house, the building went bankrupt. We lost a baby. I had a motorcycle accident. Uh, the house that we were selling ended up being uh, underwater because of, because of the flood, the June floods. And, we ended up living in Erica's parents' place, sharing a bedroom wall. 
with a baby and now we weren't going to become pastors and I was feeling a little sad. Yes, it was valid. <laughs> and I was sitting in my father-in-law's uh, green. It's a special kind of green. It's Federation green, he told me. It was Federation green. And, and I was sitting in that in their house and feeling a little depressed. Have you had a moment like that on the Lazy Boy recliner maybe? No? They rock, you know. It's fancy. Uh, but I was sitting there and I was feeling really down. I started a question about what my life was about. I've always wanted to be a pastor and now all the opportunities, everything's died and everything's just gone to poo. And I started to just, I felt, I felt a reminder that, you know, our life is like a vapor. That just that, you know how scripture talks about that? Like it's like a minute, especially in terms of all of eternity. It lasts like that. And, and that just made me feel worse because I'm like, we're really going to make it count, but everything's going poo didn't help but then I felt I I felt this thought I'm like what would I do if I had one day to live how would I live it what would I do what really matters to Ryan Croxford and I went through a process of doing a a, a somewhat of a formula there is engineering in my background and my family and I, I narrowed it down but I ended up with God people purpose so before I was a pastor before I was a church I made a decision, we ended up making a decision that our life was going to be about connecting people to God, bringing people together, and connecting them with purpose. And uh, it's so important that we're attached to purpose, yeah? And so I want to talk to you about that. Is that all right? Now, firstly, I want to say really honestly that I really believe (laughs) completely that you do find your purpose in the house of God, yeah? I believe it. Like, one of the most thrilling and exciting moments in, for me in my life is discovering what the spiritual gifts, the supernatural gifts that are far sexier than just the ordinary ones, but what my supernatural gifts that are in my life and to be able to utilize them. And, and I started doing that in the church. Nothing more exciting. Nothing's better than actually serving one another, using your gifts and things like healing, like preaching, like, you know, even just serving one another. I get such a thrill out of it. And I think you learn stuff within the house of God that you actually take outside of the walls of the church to continue that purpose. But it does start in the church, and I believe that. And I believe every person that comes into the church, guess what? You don't come here to sit on a blue chair. Write that down. That's all right. You don't come into church to sit on a blue chair. No. Every person that walks into this door has a spiritual gift and anointing upon their life that is for the good of someone else. And there would be a gap in the church, not just on a blue chair, but in the strength and the vitality and the the future of other lives if you didn't use that gift. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And in fact, in our connect groups in the next few weeks, and even today, I think, Naomi, we've got some questionnaire forms you can fill out you can take with you but we're going to be talking about this in connect group because it's so important that we find our purpose in the church but here's the thing it's got to go outside of the church doesn't it if your purpose is just limited within these walls we've got a problem we'll end up being a happy clappy bunch of weirdos i've been in some of those churches bev have you been in some of those churches yeah yeah i have right it's very entertaining it's very entertaining, but then you really want to leave because <laughs> it gets weird. <laughs> and we're all called to live a purpose every single day of our life. And I want you to hear that. I want you to believe that today. 
and get a revelation. But here's the thing. You can, you can go, I love the sound of that. Every person wants to hear that, but how the heck do you do that? How do you actually figure out what's upon your life and actually live that out, yeah? And so I want to talk about how to do that. It, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know that 20% of all students that go to university quit in the first year? I mean, schooling and education does its very best to try to help people find purpose, but there's, there's, there's a better way, right? You know that 50% actually quit before they even finish their degree. And you know what that is? That's people trying to go, I, I, I think I have an inkling, so I'm going to start this thing, but I really don't know if this is me. So I'm going to pay tens of thousands of dollars that I'm going to have to pay back just to figure that out. I mean, people are that committed that they'll do that. <laughs> I don't possibly don't think about it when they're 19 years of age and they're like, oh, what's debt anyway? Whatever, mum and dad will pay for it. That or the government, God bless them. <laughs> but again, like I told you, know, when we talked about suicide, the highest rate of suicide is from 15 to 44. Guess the age bracket where a lot of people are going off trying to figure out their purpose and their vocation and their career. It's a tough thing to figure out, isn't it? But God is the one that actually helps us to find our purpose. Here's the thing, Lockie, you're an architect. I'm going to do a little promo of Craig's space here. But if I wanted to build a house and I went away and started to build it but never met with Lockie the architect and never looked at the plans or discussed them at all and then wanted to build the thing, Jesse, you're a builder, how would I go? I, I would not go well. I would end up frustrated. I would invest in all kinds of different materials and would fail dismally. You've got to talk to the architect, right? And there's only one person that knows the true purpose in your life, and that's God, your creator. Amen? All right, so we're going to look at Luke 5. Will you turn there with me today? I've got the verses on the, on the screen because I'm reading from the Passion Translation. You might not have that in your hands today. But I love this passage. It's, it's, to give you context, it's, it's right at the beginning of Jesus' three-year ministry. He's just started teaching. He's dropping truth bombs everywhere. He's healing. He's delivering people from evil spirits. And he's already drawn a crowd. Like he's, he, hasn't, he hasn't got any disciples, so it's just him at this moment. But he's got quite a crowd. And it comes this day, and it says here in, in verse 1, On one occasion, Jesus was preaching the crowds on the shore of, of the Lake of Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with a fisherman nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed in the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, let me use your boat. I like how he got in there before he actually asked. <laughs> Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. And Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. So here's the thing, the, the crowds are pushing in on Jesus so much. He's, he's performing all these miracles and people are seeing it. Every person that comes in close or encounter with Jesus, he says anything, sickness gone, healed, evil spirits gone. I mean, so people are pushing in on him and they're pushing Jesus and he's kind of, you can see him kind of, he hasn't got any of his disciples yet that are kind of bodyguards slash disciple helpers. And, and, he's, and he's getting pushed back to the point where he, he's at the water's edge and he's got nowhere to go other than to go swimming with everybody. So he, he sees this boat and he goes, well, he goes, hey, Pete, 
doesn't know, but he's like, hey, I'm just going to hop in the boat and, and, and just push out a distance because he needs a platform. He needs a platform just to kind of create a bit of distance so he can continue to preach. So people are so hungry for him and he just needs a platform to preach, right? Now, here's the thing, talking about the crew. So Peter, his brother Andrew and James and John, fishing crew, they've just finished for the day. And the thing is here is that they've had a terrible night. They've fished all night and caught nothing. Have you ever had a day like that? <laughs> Where you never actually got to your email inbox? <laughs> just the troubles kept on coming and you, and, and you just went from one meeting to the next and none of them were productive. They all sucked. There was all too much speaking. And, uh, you know, and just nothing's gone right. All problems... Peter's had one of these days. He's caught nothing. He's been completely unsuccessful in his day. And he's just wanting to get home, have some tucker, and put his feet up on the lazy boy recliner and have his wife bring him a cup of tea. That's what he's thinking about. He's like, worst day ever. What the heck am I doing? I want to give up. And then Jesus comes along and he goes, thanks, Simon. Hey, I'm just going to get on. The... And he, suddenly this crowd comes and Peter's like, what the... And he hops in the boat, and Peter, you know what Peter's thinking this moment? God bless you, Jesus. We're going to hear an encouragement, encouraging word, and I'm so grateful for this moment. No. <laughs> no, you know what he's thinking, honestly? This is what you and I would be thinking. Oh, no. How the heck am I going to get home now? Don't hop. Oh, hop in the boat. Gosh. Oh, you're sitting down. You're sitting. Yeah, just make yourself comfortable. Great. Hey, Andrew, how long does this go on for? Because I kind of want to, I've got stuff to do. I want to go lick my wounds. I'm tired. And, and so Jesus just sits down and he starts teaching. You can see Simon rinsing his nets and just, oh, yeah, oh, why don't you have to pick someone else's boat? You know? He's not stoked about it. And you'll find out why, but he's not stoked about it. So that, this is how Peter's feeling. So Peter goes from finishing the worst day of his life to being set up pack-up crew for Jesus. But he didn't go through a nomination process. He didn't voluntarily sign a waiver to say, I'm willing to offer and get his working with children check. He didn't do any of that. Jesus broke all the boundaries. He just said, yeah, you're with me. Set up pack-up crew, you're on. And so Peter immediately goes from worst day to now having to wait for Jesus to be finished. Here's the first thing that you and I can do to actually finding our purpose. We're going to find this in Scripture today. The first thing that I believe is be dedicated to the preaching of the gospel. The commission that every single one of us has been given is to make disciples, to preach the gospel. And this, in this moment, Peter learns some incredible things about his purpose here that you and I can learn. But the first priority in our life needs to actually be to, to give an opportunity through our own life and through the lives of others for the gospel to preach, be preached. The life-transforming, powerful gospel message that is good news. And Peter does this in this moment, somewhat reluctantly, but he does it. He goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> Hop in the boat and preach your message. There's so many excuses and priorities that we can have in our life. You know what I mean? Like you can. You can have a bad day. You can go through the motions. You can get stuck in a routine. 
And the last thing you kind of want to make space for in your life is to actually open up for the gospel to be preached. I haven't got room for that. I've had a tough day. And as much as I'm talking to you about finding your purpose, I'm talking to you today about surrender. Yeah? So we read on. What happened next? When he had finished, he said to Peter, Now, Peter, row out to the deep water to cast your nets, and you'll have a great catch. Master, Peter replied. He's being courteous. We've just come back from fishing all night, and we didn't catch a thing. Pointing out the obvious. But if you insist, we'll go out again, and we'll let down our nets because of your word. So finally, Jesus finishes his, his preaching and his message and everything's packed up. They're actually ready to get home and go now. And Jesus goes, hey, you know what I've always wanted to do, to do is deep sea fishing. <laughs> and you guys look like you're equipped to kind of give me that experience. How about we go out now and you row me out and we go fishing? And Peter goes, how about, <laughs> master, <laughs> no, because we've actually done that all night and we've been somewhat unsuccessful, we're feeling somewhat depressed and down and even though your preaching was excellent, it wasn't quite enough to get me across the line, I still want to go home and put my feet up and have my cup of tea and be comfortable. And Jesus goes, no, really, row me out, it's going to be awesome. Let's go. As Peter does, he goes out and he takes Jesus out fishing. Now, here's the thing. They fished in the shallows. So it wasn't just the fact that he's asking him to go fishing. He said, let's get the nets dirty again, but let's go out into the deep. You know how you're tired from rowing all night? Well, let's go out further than what you would normally be used to and push out a little bit further past the point of comfortable and, and, and you're going to get a great catch just trust me on this uh, <laughs> he's getting angry can we be on it come on if it was you you'd be getting a little tick I would I'd be just yeah <laughs> sure I'll row you out yeah just sit down just stay where you are we'll row you out and we'll take you deep sea fishing It'll be amazing. Here's the second thing that you and I can do to discover our purpose. Be open and willing to do different. It's so easy to get stuck in our routine in what's always worked that you're no longer new and open to the new. You know in society that 80% of people don't like to change? 80% of us are like, I always fish in the shore, either shore. I always go out at this time with this crew and do it this way. And you're upsetting my routine. In fact, I've had such a bad day. You've messed it all up and made it much worse. Stop. We've got to be open to the new. If we're always stuck in what's, what's been done and how it's been done and resistant to what might be, you're going to miss out on something second thing we've got to do is step out into the new you know when I was in Bible college or just before going to Bible college again completely convinced that I was called to be a pastor 
by that point. Here's what I thought about people that weren't pastors. They were people that didn't have a purpose or a calling or couldn't preach, so they had to work. <laughs> Don't hate me. But I did. I thought, well, if you've got to earn a cross because you can't actually do what's important, well... Yeah, it took me a while before I got my credentials. <laughs> but I thought it in my head. And then at age 21, an opportunity opened up. A 66-year-old man rang me up and said, do you want to buy a sports center? And I said, yeah, sure. Why? What? I went into business at 21 with my family. And you know what I found out? Is that you can impact a lot of lives in business. I mean, I was providing an income for many employees. I was encountering all these people that weren't in church that were interested in knowing about Jesus. And in fact, they even, they even gave their heart to the Lord. In fact, I was so much more productive at getting people to come to Christ through my business than I was as a Bible college student. What? This is strange. Fascinating, Lord very interesting <laughs> I ended up starting a business group <laughs> and I started to preach and tell everyone if you really want to be called <laughs> if you really have the purpose of God on your life then you'll be in marketplace that became my message I was known for it Ryan runs Pathfinders not Ryan runs a church he runs a ministry that actually encourages people to go into business got to be open to change a few years later at age 28 i felt god go you know what time to step out of business and i got this call up come and work at compassion and i'm like what with all the uber christian lot no i'm all about the marketplace and about reaching people but i willingly went into that and i i did not like it i did not like fishing out in the deep did not enjoy the blue square for a while and they gave me the job. They said, you know what? No C3 churches, in fact, only two in the whole nation actually partner with Compassion. Your job will be to help them come into Compassion. Oh, that sounds okay. It was brutally hard. Rowing out in the deep, fishing out there, nothing. You think the C3 lot are all about children? No. <laughs> no, they're not. But they were, by the end of it, five years later, 3,000 children sponsored. Most of the churches in C3 now partner with Compassion. I didn't want to go into the blue square, but I did. I was open to new. It's amazing what happens when you step out into the new and you're open to it. So let's read on. When they, so they, they go out fishing... Peter and the crew decide, you know what, we're going to give into this. We're open. We're willing. Okay, Jesus. And they went out fishing out into the where they don't normally catch fish. And what happened? When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners, James, John, come over. And the other boat came over for help. They end up completely filling the boats. This is about a boat of about eight meters by a couple of meters wide, big, you know, good-sized boat, full of fish. Andrew, Peter and 
Andrew's full. James and John, full. I mean, to the brim. So much so that it's actually starting to sink the boat. And what happens? Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle. He knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, for I'm a sinful man. Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to fear, Simon. Can I tell you this, that whenever you follow the leading of God in your life into a place that might not be where you're comfortable, it will reap a blessing. But it won't just be a blessing for you, it'll be a blessing for others. That's the way God works. When his purpose is connected with a person, then it goes on to another. It always has an overflow principle. In fact, just after this, Jesus said this in Luke 6. He said, Jesus said this, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others and you will not be criticized and judged in return. Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty and you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Forgive over and over and you will be forgiven over and over. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you in such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Generosity is simply laying down your desires and your judgments to serve others. That's how I see it. Whenever you're generous, you've actually got to go out of your own comfort zone to give something that possibly you don't have enough of or to actually willingly give something even though you go, you know what, you don't deserve that, but I'm going to give it anyway. That's generosity, isn't it? I want to give it. And that will always, always produce overflowing life. Amen? So again, think of this. Peter's angry. He goes out and, he, and he, he hasn't had any success whatsoever. He willingly goes out. He puts the nets out and he pulls in the biggest catch ever. What was Peter feeling in those moments rowing out there? Again, he's angry. He's frustrating. He's passing judgment on Jesus. What the heck do you know about fishing, mate? I've been doing this my whole life. He's passing a judgment. He's starting to criticize Jesus in his mind. Oh, I bet you. What the heck do you know? Who do you think you are? First jumping in my boat, using my boat as a platform. You didn't even ask. You just hopped in. Have you ever thought like this before? I have. He's, he's rolling all of this over and then suddenly, just because of his willingness, it's amazing what God can do with that even in our frustration, even in our anger, he willingly goes out, casts the net, pulls in this thing, and then he has this moment where he's like, Master, forgive me, I'm a sinful man. You know why? He falls to his knees and he goes, Oh my gosh, all the horrible things I was just thinking about you, and you've just given me the biggest blessing that I have ever ever had i mean he's got these fish flopping about him everywhere the boat's virtually just staying above the water he's never seen anything like this in his entire life and he's going god forgive me because i pass judgment i criticize something that was new and challenging <sighs> i missed it 
something in that, isn't it? He was fearful of what was going to happen next. And here's the third point I want to make. Be generous and lay down your selfish desires and judgments. If you want to find God's purpose, you've got to let go of that. If it's all just going to be about you, and the world is doing this very, very well, the way to get ahead is to push my, myself ahead. And if that means stepping up on someone else to get there, then I'll do it. If that means me pushing someone aside, if that means me criticizing someone else so that I look better, if, if, I, if I pass judgment on someone else, then I'm going to make myself believe that I'm actually better than them. We're caught in this cycle, in this routine of old thinking that doesn't produce life. That's about taking, not about giving. And when I say taking, you're holding on to your judgment. You're holding on to your criticism. You're holding on to your anger. You're holding on to your frustration. You're holding on to these things. You're not letting it go. Cast your net. God's purpose for your life is never, ever to steal from you, to kill you or others, or, or destroy anything. Peter falls to his knees, and what does he do? He repents of that. I've made a grave error here. See, one of the greatest fears, he speaks to Peter's fear, but one of the greatest fears that you and I can have is just to survive. Just go to work the next day, get the paycheck, pay the bills. Go to work, get the paycheck, pay the bills. And it just goes from one day to the next. And what's driving that is a fear. If I try something else, if I do something new, then what will happen? And Jesus speaks to him and he says, let go of your fear. I want to bless your life. So what's the fourth thing that we're going to do? And I want to welcome the band, but lay down your fear and trust in God. If you want to find your purpose, you've got to let go of that. Because it's the very thing that will kill steal and destroy is fear it'll stop you ever arriving out in the deep with the biggest catch of your life and I've seen this in my life and with every willing step that I've made a new open door challenges still but a new open door new blessings amen and Jesus has the same desire that you and I would do that today and it's incredible that as as Peter then repented he fell to his knees and he laid down everything he said i'm choosing to trust you and completely here comes the promise here comes the life that is given to all of us he says this to him you you know peter and i can see him at the beginning of that day he would have been questioning himself what am i doing here how why is everyone else so successful why did the others come back with fish today i came back with nothing comparison so angry why, why, when am I going to get my break when is something going to happen for me you know my whole life I felt like I've I've wanted to gather I've wanted to build something and, and it's not happening I go home empty-handed today my family will be hungry I, there's nothing going on I just want to gather I just want to build and Jesus comes in as he falls to his knees and he says I choose to trust in you and I'm like going I'm letting go of fear in that moment he says here the thing is Peter I'm calling out that purpose in you and that desire to gather and build will no longer be just for fish it'll be for humanity 
And in a moment, out on a boat on Lake Galilee, a man said yes. And because of that, you and I are here today because of him. Billions, not millions, billions have come into relationship with Jesus Christ because one person laid down everything to believe Jesus and his words. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.com.